So deep within each of us is a desire um, to be known, to be, really be known as we are, to, to have somebody know our, our thoughts, our desires, just to, to be interested in all of those things and to love us after knowing those things. But that seems so far off to many of us that many of us don't even think about it, or if we are thinking about it, we, just, we, we don't think it's possible, and so we just shove it down. I want you to know this morning, God's Word declares this. It is, it is absolutely true. God wants to know you. He does know you. And God loves you. God loves you as you are. Now, does that mean that He loves your sin? No, but you need to know this. Your sin is not who you are. Your sin is not who you are. You were created in an image, in an image of God, and God wants to restore you to that. That's why He sent His Son to die for you. To remove that sin and to restore you to who you really are. Now I want you to just really think about that. What if, what if you could be known as you are and be loved? Now what if you could experience that in the here and now? Now again, many of us don't think that's possible because we've never experienced it. But I want you to hear this. If someone is walking in genuine fellowship with Jesus and they're being led by the Lord, you know what they're going to want to do? They're going to want to know you as you are and they're going to want to love you. You know, the sad truth is, is that God has designed the church. And when I talk about the church, I'm talking about those who are in Jesus. He's designed the church to have this genuine fellowship with Him and with one another in a way that the world can't experience. But the sad truth of it is, is that many of us, here's what we've experienced in church. What we've experienced is it's a place where we feel like we've got to pretend to be somebody we're not. Maybe it's somebody we want to be, but it's not somebody we are. And so when we come into the church, we put on this persona when we're around other people. And then you know what? We can't wait to get out of here. We can't get, wait to get out of here and go home and be like, ah, I can finally be myself. That is not church. That's not church. That's not Jesus. You were meant and designed to have genuine fellowship with the Lord and have genuine fellowship with one another. And what I want you to hear this morning is it's possible. It's possible. Because if I will live in the light of the Lord as I'm intended to do, then what I will do is I will love you in that same way. And I'm not going to love your sin, but I'm going to love you despite that. Because I'm not going to see you as your sin because that's not who you are. And I'm going to join with you on this path that God has you on, which is to transform you into the image of Jesus. 
which is to be free of sin. And, and I want you to hear this. This is what sin is. Sometimes we get a, a wrong idea of what sin is. Some of us think that sin are, is this random rules that God has set up, and he's waiting for you to cross the line so that he can whack you. That's some of the image that some of us have. It, it's completely wrong. That, that, that comes from the enemy. That's not what sin is at all. God is a loving Father. He loves you. And He knows what is good and what is not. And so He tells you things that will harm you. That's what sin is. God is saying, this will harm you. This is not good for your heart. It will hurt you. But unfortunately, what the enemy does is that he paints things uh, in a way that they're not. And so we look at him and we go, ooh, that looks good. It's not. And that's why we need the Lord. That's why we need His Word to guide us. Because sometimes we have these, this thing called feelings. And we need to pay attention to our feelings. Feelings are telltale signs. But feelings will lie to you. Feelings will tell you something is good when it's not. And so that's why the Lord has given us the Word. And when we turn to the Word, we find out who Jesus really is. Not how He's been represented by somebody else who he really is, and we also find out what the church was meant to be. Not what you've experienced, but what it's meant to be. And that's what we want to move toward. So this morning we're going to go to 1 John. We're going to go to 1 John, we're going to look at the first chapter, and we're going to find out about who Jesus is, and we're also going to find out about what the church is, and, and what, what, what God really offers us individually, and what He offers us as a church, because it's really, really good. All right, 1 John chapter 1. Uh, this is a very short book. This is a, a letter that John wrote. Um, and in the first chapter, here's what he has to say. It's only 10 verses, very short. He says, We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. What, why does he go into all this? Why is he saying, you know, we, we've seen him, we've heard him, we, we, we've touched him? Because one of the things that happens is that people are always trying to portray a form of reality that's not truth. And that's what we see in the church so often. People, again, and this is very much the leaders and it gets passed down, we try to portray an image that is not true. And deep in our hearts, all of us are crying out for the truth. And what you need to know is that Jesus is truth. He's not an idea. He's real. And John is one of those that touched Him. Okay, He's one of those that walked with Him. And, and he's saying that not only was He real and a human being in here, but He was from the beginning. He was God in the flesh. And so that's why he's going into this. Because this is not unique to our time. From the very beginning of time, people have constantly tried to portray a form of reality that simply is not true. It's something they want to be true, but it's not. But here's the good news. You can let down all your guard when you come to Jesus. You can let it down because He sees you. He already sees it all. And He has chosen to love you. 
And He's waiting to see if you will love Him in return by trusting Him. By trusting what He says. By trusting to follow Him. By trusting in His love. And I want you to know this morning, you can. Even if you can't trust somebody who has said they speak for Him. Or or trust somebody who said that they've been called by Him and maybe they've done some things that were ungodly. I want you to know that you can trust Jesus. He goes on and He says right after this, He says, He is the Word of life. He's the Word of life. He is the Word and He brings life. That's so important because, again, oftentimes what we can sometimes experience in the church is not life. It feels like death because we feel like we've got to come in, portray a certain image to people. We can't really be real. That's not life. Life is you being able to be who you really are. But once again, does that mean walking in sin? Absolutely not, because that's not who you are either. You see what I'm saying? But, but one of the things that, that, that some people in the church can, can start to focus on is sin and death. Okay? They, 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 just, they, they hone in on that, and that is the focus. Listen, that is not the focus of Jesus. The focus is life. Now, in order to get to life, do you have to deal with your sin? Absolutely. You can't have life without it. So somebody who comes in and, and they're just saying, oh, God loves you and you know, you're perfect just as you are and you just need to stay that way. That is not life. That, that, that's, just, that's just lying to somebody who's dying. But at the same time, it's not about the sin. It's not about that. It's about life. Why did Jesus die? So that we could have life. Jesus didn't stay dead. Jesus rose from the grave. And so that's who Jesus is. And so if you're in a place and it feels dead, Jesus isn't in control. When you feel life and you're like, there, there's, some, there's, there's something here that's Jesus. Now, now in life, sometimes we got to deal with things. So sometimes we gotta, we got to deal with sin, okay? And it's not fun, and, and it's painful, and it can be uncomfortable, and all those things. But it always leads to life, because that's who Jesus is. Jesus is the Word of life. Verse 2 says, This One who is life itself, You are designed to be connected to Jesus and in that you have life. You cannot have life outside of Jesus. That's why there is a place called hell. The place called hell is the place where God doesn't exist. And sadly, it's a place of death because God doesn't exist there and you can't exist without God. So even if you're walking around right now and you are rejecting God with your mouth, guess what? God is still attached to you because that's the reason you have life. That's the reason you're able to breathe. That's the reason you're able to experience anything. He loves you so much that He's still giving you life even though you're rejecting Him and slapping Him in the face with your mouth. But there's going to come a time. There's going to come a time where your choice will become the choice you make. And 
You don't know when that's going to be. Today, if you don't know Jesus, make Him your Lord and your Savior. He is life itself. Then He says, And now we testify and proclaim to you that He is the one who is eternal life. Eternal life is not a ticket that God gives you. (laughs) Eternal life is Jesus Himself. It's being connected to Him. If you are connected to Jesus, you know what? You've already started eternal life. Now, we're still living among the curse and we still got to go through that stuff, but we're connected to Jesus. We're a part of the kingdom. The kingdom is eternal. And we're still waiting for God to come and clean up this mess, but He's going to come. He's going to return. And guess what? This whole earth is going to be remade and we are going to continue on. These bodies, these bodies are going to die off, but they're going to be remade. We're going to have new bodies. We are going to continue. But it's not a ticket that we get. Jesus is eternal life. It says, He was with the Father and then He was revealed to us. If you If you are able to see who Jesus is, I want you to know it's not because you're smart. It's because God has allowed you to see Him. He's been revealed. What that means is there's a blocker, okay? And there's a revealing, okay? You know, we have these revealings now, you know? Is it a boy? Is it a girl? You know, let's go to the revealing. It's revealed what what is, okay? We don't know before. If you are able to see Jesus, I want you to know this. It is a gift from Him. It's an absolute gift. He's revealed who He is, and in doing so, He's saying, I love you. I want to be a part of your life. I want you to be a part of me. And so He's revealing Himself to you. Verse 3, We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard. So that why? So that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. To have genuine fellowship is only possible through Jesus, number one. But to have genuine fellowship brings joy. Uh, you, you, I know this, this gets stated too much right now, but, but it, it's so true. We are more connected than we've ever been as a society, and we are more lonely than we've ever been. Why? Because we don't have real fellowship. You can be out in a crowd, okay? You, you, could, you could have been out in the crowd Friday night cheering at the football game, and it was exciting, but you didn't necessarily have real fellowship with the people around you. Because they may not genuinely uh, want to know you for who you are, and they may not genuinely love you. Maybe they only want what you can give them, 
Okay, maybe it's the, the, the nice seat that you have beside you and they would really like to sit there. I, I, you know, whatever it is. Maybe it's your skills that you have, you know, and you're able to play for the team and they really like you because of the glory that you bring their team, whatever it is. They don't care about you. They care about what you can give. You can be in a church, okay, as we are right now. And, and, and people around you may not genuinely care about you. You may not experience fellowship with them. Maybe they're only by you because of the reputation that it gives them or, or what they think that maybe you can give them through service or maybe through finances or maybe through relationship, whatever it is. When that is happening, we know it. And we're not experiencing genuine fellowship. You know, maybe you had friends that you used to, you know, party with. Maybe you still do. You know, you, you go out and you have a good time. Uh, are, are these the people that would lay their life down for you? Many times, no. They just think you're kind of fun. And as long as you're fun, they're going to hang around you. That's not who Jesus is. Jesus, you know, like the wedding vow that you would take. He's with you in sickness and in health. He's with you through everything. And I want you to hear this. He doesn't love you any less. If you become a paraplegic and you are strapped to a bed, God is not going to look at you like, well, I had high hopes for you, but I can't really use you anymore. I'm going to go focus over here. He loves you just as much. Absolutely just as much. You know why? He doesn't need anything from you. If you're out there doing all kinds of things for Him right now, doesn't need it. He can do it all by himself. All he really wants is your heart. He wants you to trust him. And so the person who's laying in the bed, who can't do anything, he wants them to trust him. The person who's out doing so many things, they just don't even know what's going on. He just wants them to trust him. Trust that he's going to be the one who will make things happen, even though they're going through all of this motion. That's what God's after. That is the offer that He gives to every one of us. That is the fellowship. And we are able to have it. Now, He's going to go into what this really looks like. What this fellowship, how is it that we're able to have this fellowship? How are we able to experience this joy? Verse 5. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light. And there is no darkness in Him at all. Now, it is absolutely true that when it says God is light, there is no sin in God. Okay, But when we read this, sometimes we think, okay, there's no, God is light, there's no darkness in Him at all. We, we think that this is referring to sin itself. But as you read on, we're going to see something different. Let's read on and then we'll get into it. Verse 6 says, So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not practicing the truth. So when we read that, what we can interpret is, oh wait, I still sin. Uh, I must be living in spiritual darkness. Uh, I must not have fellowship with God. And that's, that's where we go to and we get really scared about that. And that's part of the reason that we try to cover up. And so when we have sin, uh, we try to make sure others don't see it. And if they do see it, we try to justify it, you know, to make it that it's, it's something different. 
Now again, sin is not okay. I want you to hear that. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. But when you really understand what sin is, God's not sitting around waiting to whack you. And what this is saying here is not referring to the fact that you are sinless. As a matter of fact, it's going to say if you claim that, you have no fellowship. That's not what this is saying. So what's he talking about? What's he talking about when he talks about light and spiritual darkness? Let's read on. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And here's the key. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we're living in the light... The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Well, if living in the light means I'm sinless, why do I need the blood of Jesus to cleanse me from what I don't have? What is light? Light is the thing that reveals things. Light allows us to see. So what's he saying? He's saying that I'm living in the light. When I sin, I'm not trying to cover it up. I'm coming out with it. Here I am. Think about King Saul and King David. When you look at it, you might say, King David's sins were way worse. I mean, not only did he commit sexual immorality, but he did it with the wife of a guy who was out fighting for him. I mean, just how dishonorable can you get? And then when it may be found out, he goes and he has this honorable person who when he returned you know, from the army wouldn't even go be with his wife. He has him killed. I mean, this is just, this is the ultimate, right? But yet, Scripture says David was a man after God's own heart. How can that possibly be? Because when David was confronted with his sin, you know what he did? He didn't hide. He didn't hide. He came out and he said, I have sinned. I've sinned against God. You see, he didn't try to cover it up. King Saul, what did he do though? Well, he tried to offer some sacrifices that he had no right doing. And then when God told him to do something, he, he, he didn't do it. Are those the unforgivable sins? No. But you know what? When he was confronted, he said, I didn't sin. Uh, no, I, I, did what, I did what you told me to. Here, here's how it works out. I know it looks like I didn't, but I really did. Let me explain it. And he went through this whole thing. He was rejected. Why? Because he was not willing to live in the light. He wanted to cover it up. So here's the thing. If you and I are going to experience genuine fellowship with God, we've got to be real and open. And so when I sin, I can't say... That was not my fault. You know, Nikki made me do it. I was just following her. Many of you have been there before. She can lead you into those places. <laughs> no, no, I've got to say, God, I made that choice. I made that choice. I've got no excuses. I made that choice. And here, here's the really sad thing. As somebody who's turned their life over to the Lord, I have the ability to choose not to sin. Because I have the power of the Holy Spirit in me. And so even though now I have that ability, sometimes I choose to sin anyway for different reasons. And, and the enemy comes in and, and he wants to shame. And it, is it wrong? Yes, it is wrong. But you know what? God's made a sacrifice for it. 
And so what God wants is for me to go before him and declare it. God, this is sin. And when I do that, I'm living in the light. Now, this goes beyond fellowship with him. Because when I'm having fellowship with him and you're having fellowship with him, we're able to have genuine fellowship together. Here's what that looks like. It means I can be open with my struggles. It means that I, even as a pastor, can declare I sin, and not just as a general statement, but I can say when I sin. And it means I'm not rejected because I'm not rejected by the Lord, and I shouldn't be rejected by you either. Now, it's a whole different thing when I choose to deliberately sin, <clears throat> and I say it's not sin when God declares it is. Uh, Hebrews, Hebrews 10, let me share this with you. Hebrews 10.26 says this, Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we've received the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. And so I want you to hear that. So, so the, these you know, churches that, that take things like sexual immorality or, or, or whatever and say, oh, it's okay, God loves you. That's just who, that's just who you are. There's no sacrifice for that. There's no sacrifice. When God declares something sin, I've got to declare it sin. But here's the good news. Even when I stumble, even when I fall, when I say, God, I've sinned, and I'm genuine, I'm not just whatever, there's a sacrifice for it. But here's the beauty. But this is where I want to go. We can have that among one another. You know, we're, we're, it's been mentioned we're having a, a fellowship tonight, right? We're going to be out at the Spences, having a little bonfire, all those things. You know, that can be a time where we all just kind of pretend life's great and, you know, we don't talk about any struggles and, you know, we do our little thing. But again, eventually, we, we want to get out of there. Why? Because you can't be real. We all want to be real. We want to be real and then have someone respond in love. Well, you know what? We can have genuine fellowship tonight. And that genuine fellowship is we can be real with where we are. If we're celebrating, we celebrate. If we're in a, a place where maybe we've sinned recently, we can share that. And if they're in genuine fellowship with Jesus, they're going to want to pray with us. And they're going to want to come alongside us. And they're not going to say, that's awful. Let me shame you back into grace, brother. Yeah, yeah that, that, that doesn't work. That's the tool of the enemy. Okay? Because that's not who we are. Genuine fellowship is possible. And, and, and I share this because it's just so rare. And it's so sad that, that so many times the church is the place that we feel the least comfortable. If the church is genuinely walking in fellowship with people, or with Jesus. <laughs> if the church is genuinely walking in fellowship with Jesus, you are going to be comfortable there. Why? Why did the people that the Pharisees called the worst sinners, why did they flock to Jesus? Is it because they felt condemned by Him? No. They felt loved. Is it because He didn't talk about their sin? No. He talked about it. But He loved them. When he talked about their sin, it was to set them free, not condemn them. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel like you can't be yourself. I want you to know you can. 
And if somebody responds to you in a way that is opposite of Jesus, let me know about it. And if it's me, let me know about it. <laughs> that can happen. That's not Jesus. God has something so much more for you. And although we can only fully experience it with Jesus, and although we can only fully experience it when we're finally face-to-face -face with him, as uh, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about, we're not there yet, but we can experience a part of it. I want you to know that that's possible and that, that, that we can practice that. You know, the scripture talked about practicing the truth. When you have it down, you don't need to practice. We don't have it down. Let's practice it, okay? Let's practice being open with one another. And when somebody is open with you, I want you to practice loving them, not loving their sin, but loving them and then trying to help guide them out of it because it's hurting them and it's not who they really are. But let's practice that. Let's become a place that when people walk in, and I'm not saying we're not, okay, but, but God wants to take us further because I believe we are that place in many ways. But, but I'm telling you, we're, we're not where Jesus is and we can, we, can, we can go further down the road. Let's be a place that, that people walk in and they're like, I don't even know why I'm here. I'm just, I'm just drawn. Because we'll know it's Jesus. It's not us. It's Jesus. But we've got to be the ones who choose to live in the light. And, and it takes risk, by the way. It takes somebody being bold and saying, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to lay it out there. Here's what I'm struggling with. Will you experience rejection? I I've experienced it more times than I can count, okay? Is it worth it? Yeah. Because I've also experienced genuine fellowship. And I'm telling you, there's nothing there's nothing like genuine fellowship. It's not my offer. It's the offer of Jesus. But the offer is not just to us individually. It's to us as the church. But are we going to live in the light or are we going to try to cover it up? We're going to try to keep our sin from being known. Guess what? When we do that, it grows and grows, gains more power, more power. In the meantime, we sit in the corner and we're like, God, why are you letting this happen? God, if you really love me, you wouldn't let me keep struggling with this. Well, bring it to the light. Do what he said to do and watch the power of God begin to change. Now, does that mean you're going to uh, reach a point where you don't sin? Well, let's see what... Uh, First John has to say about that. Verse 8. <clears throat> if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves. That's so beautiful. You're not even fooling the people around you. They know you, okay? So just, just stop it. Just stop acting like you've got it all together. All of us are sinning, okay? That, that, that's, that, that's not even a question. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. When you live in the truth, it brings life. Verse 9, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. So that means if you've confessed a sin 
and somebody in your family or somebody you're close to in the church has just rejected you and said, you know, you're a dirt bag and you're just, that's just who you are. I want you to know that's not Jesus. And the truth isn't living in them. That's not who Jesus is. Last verse. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. And again, that, that's not, you know, we're not talking about a general statement. Oh, yes, you know, I sin. We, we want to get in, and, and when I sin, I, I want to voice the particular because I, I, I don't want to call God a liar. And so, you know, this false idea of hiding our sin is going to bring us closer to God, totally wrong. It's when we voice it. You know, and, and for some of us, that just kills us to think about, you know. It kills us to think about, you know, ever being, you know, doing something wrong, you know. We strive so hard to do something right. Well, guess what? <clears throat> In your striving to do that, you're pushing God away because you're not being open and honest. The way to God is to strive, okay, to walk in His ways. Absolutely. But it's also to declare when we fail, we fail. And we don't try to cover it up as something it's not. And it's the path to joy. This is why the enemy works so hard at keeping us from it. He, he, he works so hard to say, oh, you're going to be labeled as this. You're going to be condemned. He, <clears throat> he's going to lay all those things out. And there may be people that do that, but not Jesus. And not people who are genuinely following Jesus. That's not what's going to happen. But he works so hard because he doesn't want you to experience that joy. He doesn't want you to experience that life that comes from fellowship and living in the light. Let's choose to live in the light. Jesus, thank you.